one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Josh Brown. Hello. And Ewan Patterson. Hello. Guys, we can finally swap the word leak for officially confirmed. Finally! I hate leaks. I don't, I love leaks. I love leaks. I love leaks. I love the vegetable and I love the content. them. Both on a Sunday mm-hmm. or on an afternoon because the, uh, there's been a nice big old interview with Mark Cerny, Sony's Mark Cerny, who tends to be the sort of, I never get his actual title right. It's like lead engineer coding man. Architect man. Architectural. The architect. maestro. Oh, the ma- genius. He's from, he from the Matrix. Yeah. Yes, the architect. I think so. Yeah, yeah. V yeah. confirmed things from this man. <laughs> so he's been talking to Variety, uh, sorry, Wired, and um, Sony then went on Twitter and you know, shared things out and said, look, the PS5 is coming holiday 2020. Also, here's a big old list of stuff. Um, so we're just going to run things down we've got a whole bunch of different talking points um, and just you know you've got a nice we've got a much better picture of what the PS5 is because I know be nothing at. I've been you drafted me in like I was a fresh faced 18 year old I, 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 I wanted to someone. see the world and join the marines I like you, this you joined me into the continent this is a so. good will to have because mm-hmm. you went off to lunch and then it's all broke and I saw you come back with a sort of um, orange juice in hand and I thought <laughs> you've missed about a year's <laughs> worth of content here somehow. I think me and you aged about 50 years <laughs> trying to turn it around in about 10 minutes um, but yeah so uh, the easiest thing is that it's this is a lot of this this information is that you can go over if you're on YouTube to the What Culture Gaming uh, channel where you can watch me and Josh just freak out about it and uh, react mostly in real time really kind of um, to this sort of information but I've bolstered that with some additional bits and bobs but anyway um, yes the, the official name for it is the PlayStation 5 somewhat obviously but it's worth saying um, the disc size will be 100 gigs um, it's going to be optical discs um, and it will uh, also be a uh, 4K Blu-ray player as a console um, so I guess we might as well talk about that because general sort of file sizes are something that have been has been talked about this generation as at least for me it's it's like getting out kind of out of control. Yeah. Um, and Red Dead 2 is sort of like a notable thing. It's being 90-odd gig. If we, <laughs> if we all start getting bigger, what the hell's going to happen? I was amazed yesterday when I only had to delete one thing to download Grid. Good Lord. <laughs> it was, it was Grid Lord. Good Lord. <laughs> like, there's so much. Like, it's it's a, such a frustrating thing. And I mm. can't be asked getting a new hard drive. I can't be asked <laughs> if we're in the PlayStation 4 Pro. This is coming at the exact right time mm-hmm. for me. Also, let me tell you, on the other side of that fence, me and Josh have both got PS4 Pros, and we still delete stuff all the time. Well, that's it. You know, it was perfect for the first couple of months until <laughs> <laughs> I obviously filled it up and then I had to start deleting things again. It's mm-hmm. a it's a nightmare. It sounds like, oh Josh, it's a little bit of a, you know, a one percent problem, is it? And First world problem. Yes, maybe it is a bit of, you know It's like you got a big title to complain about it. Mm-hmm. But it's like you got a big bin, you yeah. you load it up with stuff and you can't tip it out. And I don't know what bigger that, bin. I don't know where that went. And then you just keep going. You just keep going. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like that, what about better than a bin? What about thing. a bin? 
Yeah. That scanned everything you put in it and knew when to delete it. I'll be a bit scared of that. That's not what honest. the PS5 is. <laughs> the pins are taking over. Let me tell you something else. Um, Mr. Mark Cerny uh, talked about this, though, the idea of uh, managing data. And he said that he wants the PS5 to sort of, when you install a game on it, it would know um, essentially what the different components of that game were in terms of single player, multiplayer. Um, and he said that they want to allow finer grained access to data. Um, and sort of the, the way that that then got sort of postulated in the uh, article write up was that you would that you'd be able to install single player uh, portions instead of a multiplayer. Um, different parts of a game. Maybe you leave the single player. Maybe you delete the single player oh. after you complete it, um, leaving the multiplayer behind. If that's the thing that you're going to keep doing, um, more intelligent like managings of data. Which I think I that's like. a good way to kind of optimize it because if you put um, increasingly large hard drives into, you know, obviously the consoles, that mm-hmm. boosts up the price. So if you can sort of deliver a kind of storage system that we're used to but around about the similar size whilst optimizing how things are actually stored in it to mm-hmm. me that's quite a good solution it also works for when you complete a game like grand theft auto 5 and you don't want to delete the online aspect but you've got the single player taking up a lot mm. of space and you might be able to get another game on there if you delete that it's just a cool way to kind of optimize that sort of aspect how many yeah. times have you had it where you mates were like oh mate do you want to go on this game that we played like six months ago <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> oh like yeah mate that's you, long gone. It's like, oh yeah gotta reinstall it gotta, well that was like you with Red Dead yeah, 2 I was like I'd love to just pop yeah. on but it's 90 gigs exactly so if you just have the, the one online component that makes sense because single player is a commitment you're going to go mm. into single player and you're mm-hmm. going to dabble in and out but whereas if you're going to have multiplayer that's just going to be on your console forever and that's, totally. a, that's a great idea Even the ability to just download the patches or something ahead of time or like the update, mm. updates oh, to have yeah, them yeah. already sort of on the system so all you might need to do is sort of install the multiplayer component that mm-hmm. would go a long way as well because there's there's that element that you mentioned there you and about you know having to reinstall an entire game but there's nothing worse when you get to that point it's reinstalled and then you've got another copying file you've got 10 gigabytes of patches and updates to go through as well it's just it's not intuitive at all that was frustrating with Mm. with Rainbow Six Siege they had to release a patch with their patches that commodified all their patches into one patch so you had actually like to to decrease the file size Mm -hmm. because like there are some times when a game gets updated so many times that the file size is like twice what it was when it first came on and that's frustrating and the way that the PS4 um, like uh, sorts that data is it's really weird because they sort of never really fully explained this, but you you always you always need double the file size that you're trying to install because it needs to uh-huh. duplicate the file, um, create the updated version of the game, and then it deletes the update file. So you always actually need more than the file size that it asks you to free up, which is always confusing as hell, and always means that you ne- you're never really fully confident of why something won't install or whatever. Um, also, like it was weird at the beginning of the generation that idea that you could you know install so much stuff and have so many different things running off the hard drives. And I don't I think they didn't give us a big enough hard drive mm-hmm. initially. I think everyone has suffered that problem. Um, and they haven't actually talked about um, the new hard drive sizes. Um, but they have said that it's going to be an SSD, which is a solid-state drive, which apparently is um, means that general boot times and load times are exponentially faster. Um, the example given uh, from months ago and in the new report is Spider-Man, that you'd be able to load from the main menu to the game in literally like three or four seconds, um, which is a nice little thing. I enjoyed seeing the costumes and the little loading screens occasionally. Just <laughs> Not anymore! Just, just slightly. So it was really weird in terms of loading screens. This is a kind of a, a tangent, but uh, Namco used to own the patent for the idea of a minigame being on a loading screen. That was why mm. Ridge Racer had uh, Space Invaders, or it was uh, Gradius or whatever mm. back then. Um, and they owned that patent, so no other developers did that. That patent expired about three or four years ago, but oh. no devs have gone back to put games I'm, in their loading screens. I'm curious, because there was uh, when Spider-Man was at E3, the, the E3 before it released, they had a demo on the show floor. I don't know if you remember it, mm. but like they had the menu, and you press play, and then it cut from Spidey being on the side here to him jumping off the building mm. and then swinging instantly. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. think that would be a great way to have it, if uh-huh. you loaded into a game, and say you're in Red Dead 2, 
it's got Arthur Morgan by a tree. And then mm-hmm. if yeah. you press play, he gleans off the tree mm-hmm. and that's him going in. It might be a lot of pointless loading, to be fair, but if they can do it, that would be a great way of just, you know, uh, making the transition more mm. seamless and even a little bit more immersive. It reminds me of like movies that um, sort of do animations around the Universal logo where you sort of zoom past the text and it <laughs> yeah. keeps going or whatever. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, yeah, it's just a different way to think about like, like accessing video games, which uh, Phil Spencer's talked about this stuff on the Xbox side as well, um, about like, you know, like minimizing the time that we boot up and we were waiting for games to play. Um, so I think that's going to be like a big old focus going forward. And um, we didn't talk that much about 4K Blu-ray stuff, but what do you guys think? Where do you fall on that? Because it's going to require upgrading a TV, but maybe it's more of an incentive. I know me and Josh are already there. But Chef's still, kiss, Scott. <laughs> I've been waiting for this. I've just, I've needed an excuse to get a 4K Blu-ray player for right. about a year now, and I've always been tempted to. And I'm glad I've held off because now I get to buy a console and have that. I was just, I mean, have you got loads of those ones where you bought a Blu-ray or a DVD and it gives you the 4K disc, but you can't use it? I've um, got a 4K version of Ragnarok, full Ragnarok, that's been sitting there for like two years. No, see, because that would make me just lose my tether out. If I had that had lying around, one. I would have to buy a 4K <laughs> Blu-ray player. Uh, I've got like three or four 4K Blu-rays ready to go. I've got a 4K TV, um, but I've never really... I'm fine with Blu-rays, so like the idea that mm. I'm now being dragged, kicking and screaming in the new age... <laughs> well, just if you want it, if terrifying. you want some fancy detail. You want to see every blemish on Arthur Morgan? You want to see yes. every single white head on Peter <laughs> Parker? Now's the time, kids. It's, it's coming for you. Interesting, though, because obviously this is a big thing for PlayStation, because no current PlayStation console has a 4K Blu-ray player mm. built in, but that's kind of become the standard for Xbox. The original Xbox One doesn't have one, mm-hmm. but the Xbox One S does. Yep. the Xbox One X does so it kind of feels like in this regard Sony are playing catch up so mm. I wonder if there's anything they can like throw in with that to kind of make it a selling point or whether that's just going to be kind of something they're just catching up a on a free copy mm. of Venom I would oh God, maybe man. take that probably Actually, I never uh, buy movies off the PlayStation store but they are there it's just that 4K file sizes tend to be ginormous yeah. um, but like assumedly in this future where everything's connected and we're, we're okay with like closer to uh, closer to 100 gig file sizes that streaming would have got to a point where it's better or downloads or I whatever I think we're we're already seeing that now. We're mm. seeing, obviously, 4K Blu-rays become more popular, but even on the streaming side of things, Amazon Prime are really good at getting uh, 4K versions of movies that you can rent or stream, and Netflix obviously has a 4K kind of dedicated pricing model where mm-hmm. you can stream that to your console, and I've been taking advantage of that now, so that would hopefully become more prevalent. I have a 4K version, digital version of uh, Spider-Verse, so the only nice. 4K thing that I can actually watch in 4K, because like you said, the discs don't get supported anywhere else. Um, another feature is ray tracing, which I don't care about, even I've been shown it. Um, I don't. What, what, do you guys know what this is before? A science. It's a thing. So apparently, this this is just. It's weird because even when I've watched the demos of it, I think Josh knew a little bit more than me. But like, just I, a little I, bit. I, I, quiz, I quizzed Rich because he's our PC man. He knows all the tech things. And uh, and he showed me and he said that it's basically the way that light's being rendered in video games hasn't been done as accurately as what actual light is. If you think of like actual light is photons and reflections and everything else. And uh, for the most part, like that hasn't been done realistically in a video game. So ray tracing tends to be um, actually modeling a light source and then everything that comes from that. So if you look at a game like uh, Control, uh, that game has like real accurate reflections because it's modeling the light in real time. So you come up with reflections and shattered glass and it you know, changes everything and whatever. Um, I don't need that in most of my games. So I don't know how much I care. Well, this is sort of, I guess, a talking <laughs> point for this podcast, which is very handy, is mm. that how much you sort of, you know, care about graphics at this point. Because I still, mm. you know, love every kind of, you know, revolution in lighting or sound or whatever, or like, you know, how many polygons 
guns you can fit right. onto a screen. For me, that's still exciting. I love it. I love lighting, especially the way sort of that kind of boosts the uh, immersive nature of sort of the kind of you know environment or whatever. Mm-hmm. Control, even though the ray tracing isn't isn't on consoles, looks gorgeous. Looks amazing how that lighting is sort of utilized. And I think it's so dynamic and so interesting mm-hmm. that we haven't had realistic lighting sources so far. We've had mm-hmm. things that try to imitate it and mm-hmm. things that do a very good job of imitating it. But now that we sort of have you know accurate light sources that bounce around an environment, I think that's just. For me, that's just really cool. You have to hope it, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you kick everything up a notch. I mean, yeah. I guess it's less the, ne- the non, the not a necessary generation, but the indulgent generation. And I'm kind of here for it. Like, <laughs> yeah. not, I don't really care about 4K visuals, but I'm here for physics and making, mm. you know, proper actual worlds feel like they're actual worlds. I like the idea of a daily night cycle that actually, you know, simulates the actual light of the moon. I always feel as though games at nighttime I always get the mm. light of the moon really wrong. Like, mm. There's never enough light or there's too little. So I like the idea of having that. I love the idea of going into a building and then maybe a shot comes through a building and then you've got the, the sky punch the hole through down. it. Yeah. Imagine a really cool like vampire game where you've got light mechanics like that and you've got mm-hmm. to use them that way. Alan Wake, a new Alan Wake could use that really well as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I definitely think there's potential, you know, with gameplay as well for mm-hmm. these graphical advancements to really, you know, have a role. And it's, it's a case of like, well, maybe I don't care about seeing every single minute detail, but I do like the idea of we getting more physics-based mm. gameplay that is, you know, more, yeah. real, not realistic, but, you know, but more genuine. Yeah, yeah. I think my only thing is, yeah, I'm, I'm there for it in as much as it's like a new technology thing and I'm curious what they do with it. I just, I have a, I have a sort of inbuilt pushback against the focus, some focus on long development cycles, putting so much time into something that I would rather see put into game mechanics or So you want to design. see the horse ball shrink? Well, I exactly. Wanna, I want to see the horse ball shrink. I don't need the horse ball shrink being the overall mandate for a whole generation. It's so kind, that's of, kind of a thing. We could kind of do a whole pot on it, but sort of if you look at Toy Story 4 now, which has a, it's set the bar for sort of lighting and animation. Mm. Uh, like there is, there's a great um, video by the Nerd Writer, which mm-hmm. recently went up about how they use lighting in that sort of, you know, movie and how every single the light source in there is sort of, you know, it's individual bulb that creates a sort of, you know, atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't necessarily impact how a story is told, but it impacts sort of your... It had so much... There's it's so almost much like subtly affected in, yeah. in visual storytelling. I think light is obviously a huge part mm. of that, so that can only be beneficial. And also ray tracing. Again, I'm not an expert on this, so everyone feel free to correct me in the comments. <laughs> it also apparently helps with sort of 3D audio as well, like the, the way you can sort of bounce around the sounds of an mm-hmm. environment to make them more realistic and immersive, which Sony seems to be wanting to double down on when it comes to sort of the audio side. Mm-hmm. I keep mentioning that Mark Cerny um, said in the last Wired interview that the jump in audio quality from the PS3 to PS4 was kind of just standard not much had really changed mm-hmm. and there was a space for them to kind of embrace 3D binaural audio and we, stuff like yeah, that yeah yeah God. we should talk about that stuff a lot because yeah, um, yeah that was from an earlier interview which he didn't mention in this thing um, but it is weird because like certain things they, all, they almost seem obvious that we take them for granted like okay that's how you do light in a game that's how you do sound in a game um, but why not change from mono to stereo to something else and like he said about like the uh, the future of audio being full 3D mm. uh, full 3D binaural audio which is if you look at something like uh, Hellblade I mentioned this in the news but like um, you know like that game you're defending against enemies because you hear them come from specific angles yeah. behind you which is really really cool uh, the applications and multiplayer is going to be a big thing for that mm, as well I yeah. think um, developers will have the, the onus will be on the developers to make this actually happen you know yeah. even though the, the technology will be there it'll be up to them to make it happen. and my mind goes to Siege again because right. like there'll be times where you know that game is so three dimensional you'll have enemies beneath you and below you and you can do things where you put booby traps through the floor mm. to make sure you listen out for them I like the idea of, of that happening I'd love a proper compelling horror video game where you hear footsteps around you can better plan your movements because if you hear the like see you look up and you hear footsteps and you see dust coming through the floorboards mm-hmm. there's so many different applications oh, make, this. Mm-hmm. it gets me really excited siege is a great shot because if you were in some enclosed room and you're waiting 
Antifa trying to see where people are outside. Yeah. You fire a few, a few uh, bullets through some and make some holes and yeah. some light sources. See a, a shadow going past. There are yeah. so, yeah. still so many occasions in this current gem where you'll walk into one room, fire a gun, and your teammate won't hear. And then suddenly, as soon as you step just a little bit, that there's no sense of arc to the sound sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, sound doesn't travel very realistically a lot yeah, of times in video games. And I like the idea, even in Red Dead at the moment, which I'm playing through, if you shoot indoors, there isn't specific indoor sound. It mm. never changes based on the bullet going through a bigger room or a smaller room. Right. It's the same static noise. I like the idea of, you know, going in, maybe developers go and pay for a trip to people, like they do the Assassin's Creed, send a Venice or something, shoot <laughs> down a big Vatican hallway and see what, like, the yep. the, the sound travels or whatever yeah. like mm-hmm. that. I think there's a lot of scope, for to, like I said, like to improve on things like that in ways that we don't even think we need until mm. you see the demo for it. I thought that was the thing that you were going to For say. me, it was sort of um, VR games because that uses, mm. like, kind of 3D audio and it's, it's it works so well, especially sort of in the high quality kind of Sony first party games, the mm-hmm. way they use kind of audio to increase the immersion and the storytelling as well. The fact that you have to sort of look at someone to get a to heal them better and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So your ears are sort of it weirdly know, like roots you like in Blood it, and Truth it does or re- yeah. like the MPSVR Worlds demo when you're just talking to people. It weirdly roots you into what could be a basic cutscene because you literally have to pay attention yeah. to who's talking. It yeah. just makes the world more 3D in a mm. really strange way. But like you said, you and like the way sound travels at the moment is it's it's not flat, but it's not mm. dynamic. I don't think as mm. or at least as dynamic as it could be when you have those kind of high-end setups or you have those really good headphones mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I, if that becomes standard, that's really exciting mm-hmm. and it gives the developers more tools to utilize and make It's interesting games. in terms of cross-platform stuff too because it would mean that the PS5 has access to this like greater degree of immersion that assumedly the Xbox won't have. And we don't know that anything about the Xbox Scarlet that much in this to this degree yet. Um, but if the whole industry is moving into 3D audio and you know like these sort of like ideas, then assumedly the Xbox is doing the same thing. Otherwise you would have like the way more immersive version on PS5. Mm-hmm. It just seems like it would have to be an industry step up as well, like over time anyway. And then the massive thing to uh, to break down and just talk about is the new controller. Um, mm. Now this has, doesn't have a name yet, assuming we'll DualShock 5, almost definitely, absolutely, but you never know. The Quad Shock. <laughs> the Dual Revolution. Um, so yeah, so this thing is apparently uh, heavier and has a larger battery than the DualShock 4, um, but the biggest thing is two big things. One is that it has adaptive triggers, um, which is that it'll push back. Say you're trying to aim like a bow and arrow and you pull back on the uh, bow and arrow, the trigger will uh, gradually uh, provide sort of like feedback to that. Um, so you have to really sort of pull back to get the full strength mm. of it. Um, I love the idea of that. Um, even though it reminds me of what the Xbox tried to do at the start of this generation and they didn't really fall, follow through on it that much. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the most rudimentary thing we've seen where trigger pressure has ha- uh, kind of worked in video game, game combat would be mm. like in all FPSs. You know, in real life, when you, with different firearms, they have different pressures on the trigger. So say mm-hmm. if you're um, shooting an assault rifle, you push you push the trigger in once that doesn't do anything then you have the second pressure and that's when the fire releases with a right. sniper rifle it doesn't have either pressures so you just pre- tap it once and it'll go straight away and I've already seen that in a bunch of FPS mm-hmm. games so I'm curious to see how this factors into stuff like you know like you say bows and arrows but like you know swords well, and heavier the, weaponry um, and that's the really second example he gives is, is guns and mm-hmm. just says that yeah like um, the idea of like shooting a machine gun would feel completely different to firing a shotgun yeah. um, so like I guess I was saying Josh uh, on the other video but like if you played Call of Duty your loadout would extend to what you're personally comfortable with playing that game whether mm-hmm. you want to like you know you have a certain affinity for like machine guns or whatever so just going around with a big, big just <laughs> <laughs> shaking around everywhere like a minigun would just feel really yeah. good um, but yeah it could have like a sort of new application to FPS's say for instance you know it's based on the accuracy of your weapon is based on how hard you pull the trigger if you're in a sort of frantic situation where I turn a corner and I don't realize Scott's there I might mm-hmm. just 
pull down on it and then start like shooting. But it would be cool if that could translate. Exactly. It would be cool if that could translate. If that panic could translate it's to, to keep in game. Sort of, it, yeah. yeah, your accuracy goes all over the place. Yeah. But if you were sort of more considered and you were more thoughtful with your button press, that might translate to more accurate shooting. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates Fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I think there's a lot of potential. Yeah, I just yeah, yeah. literally thought as well that vehicles, you think of like um, when a helicopter, I don't know if you've seen Black Hawk Down, but when the, the fuel line gets cut and they start having resistance in the pedals and stuff, yeah. wouldn't that be interesting if you're like trying to control away. the thing and then like you've got resistance all across yeah, the yeah. gamepad? And that'd be really cool. Yeah, yeah. There's, um, in, in, just, uh, for the X- Xbox example, like I said, this they tried to do this with Microsoft. They were like, oh, we're going to have our triggers sort of fight back and whatever, but they didn't really have that many games that did that. I don't necessarily know the most. <laughs> I'd like to see them try. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, trying to fight you to play a game, but... Um, I remember with the Forza games, if you do a really big long drift, um, you'll feel it like shake. Like you'll feel like one of the tire, one of the sides of the paddle feel different to the other. Um, trying to sort of replicate like that idea that the, the weight back of the end, chassis, yeah. yeah, the car's like swinging out as you go around. And I, I like that stuff. I think that's like subtly effective um, in like simulation type games. But even in like the, in an RPG sense, like if you were going to be a big like dual handing RPG character, when you like slam home with a massive sword, that would feel different to a couple of daggers or whatever, like a ranged spell or something. I like the idea of all that stuff. Um, yeah, the other big thing for the controller is that they've said there are programmable voice coil actuators in the left and right grips of the controller itself. An actuator? An What's actuator? an actuator? So, I, yeah, I don't actually know what an actuator is, but I'm going to assume it's <laughs> some fancy thing. Uh, but going alongside the um, the trigger stuff, it seems that that um, like overall, when you're sort of like playing a game, whether it's a platformer, an action adventure, whatever, um, gives you a, a different overall set of feedback. Uh, the example that was given in the write-up um, is that the person was walking over a whole bunch of different surfaces and said that sand felt slow and sluggish, mud felt really slow and soggy, but ice was 
incredibly uh, more light and they could glide over it, but they felt all of it in the controller. Um, what do you guys think of that stuff? It's yes, good. <laughs> Give me more. I of think that. yes. I, I just anything that sort of can tell me more about how this character exists inside an mm. environment is something I'm absolutely here for. I'm I I love the sort of animation priority of Rockstar games, and right. especially a shooter like Max Payne Three, which isn't the most intuitive. It isn't. It doesn't feel like great to uh-huh. play but it, it also does because it's mm-hmm. so sort of indebted to rooting you in that environment and making you feel the weight of Max Payne as he dives across the floor <laughs> and he tries to shoot people uh-huh. and it just it works to sort of give it a kind of you know heft that a lot of games don't have and anything that sort of I don't know, puts that over to the environment itself mm-hmm. is a uh, pro for me. But I think mapping the, like, the so Max Payne 3 would be a great idea because, like, when you do, when you make a jump in Max Payne 3, even without all the traditional stuff uh, yet, when you land in Max Payne 3, he really feels like he threw his whole body in a certain direction and you're really, like, forcing him to get back off the ground and keep going. But, like, you could double down on that stuff with, like, the idea that you, you know, even to raise your hand for the next shot requires, like, a little bit more on the trigger or you miss a few shots until you, unless you really squeeze it perfectly yeah, or whatever. It makes sense. Like, in Red Dead 2, obviously, they had mm. such a big influence on the different environments, like, <clears throat> Excuse me. When you're in the snow in Amberino, your character mm-hmm. really moves, and you mm-hmm. hear the crunch, and you move. I would like that to be the sluggish thing. I think if Breakpoint was better, and the environmental, you know, um, implications of you know stealth combat, like going through like a swamp, so you're going through a swamp to take mm-hmm. people down, you feel like the slosher, the controller as you're walking <laughs> slowly through, and then mm-hmm. you raise your weapon, you got a little bit of weight on the. Ah, I think that'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. I guess how do you see it like applying like overall into like because obviously these things we get excited about them now, and I'm very much like hyped for the whole thing. Um, but how easy do you think it is that it slips into gimmick territory that they don't carry it forward? I mean, on the PS5, uh, PS4, sorry, we had the LED light bar at the top, we had the touchpad, we had the little speaker that was inside it, and very few games have than anything meaningful with either of them. I think when it comes to kind of these features that we're talking about today, they're they're already implemented on a game level Mm. and it's just transferring that visual stimulus over to a kind of physical stimulus Mm -hmm. into the the controller. So I think it will be a more natural progression. When we have the DualShock 4, even though I like a lot of the features on there, the idea of kind of a touchpad or a kind of light bar, that was replacing features that we already had kind of for a gimmick essentially, Mm. whereas this kind of just seems to be more of a natural continuation of features that are already in games mm-hmm. just transferring them over to a kind of physical space I just because another thing as well in terms of like just sheer accessibility to these things like to have um, like the squeeze like the controllers like um, you know triggers that are harder to push or whatever like you'd, you'd have to have options to turn all that stuff oh, off yeah, yeah. so you can't make it too integral mm-hmm. um, which sort of makes me interested in just like yeah what, like where does, where does the gimmick side of it end and mm-hmm. where does it become a fundamental part of the game because I love the 3D audio in Hellblade but I can't think of any other games that fundamentally require 3D audio or like you know factor it into the narrative you have multiplayer experiences like mm. Call of Duty and stuff, but I'd like, I would like them to steer into that stuff more. Um, but I guess I'm just curious like how much they really make a point of saying this is what the PS5 can do and every game has this and whatever. Um, but yeah, another massive thing is um, the revamped UI, which didn't get that much specific detail in terms of images or anything. Um, but the way that the, the way that Mark Cerny sort of talked about the way that we interface with other players when playing a PlayStation, he wants to change all that stuff. It kind of goes in hand in hand with the idea of the system booting up faster and whatever. Um, and the person in the wide interview compared it to like the UI as it is at the minute is like static and you know you don't really do much with it but the uh, UI for the new one will have like constant data readouts of what your uh, friends are playing and whether you can jump in you'll be able to see mission rewards and level rewards and you'll be able to see like at a glance exactly what you might want to jump into and what do you think of that because it makes me think of the type of games the way the games will be designed to then factor into that yeah for me this is I I will concede that I think I'm in the minority of players when it kind of comes to these features because I don't often I'm not a very social sort of 
of gamers. Pure so offline, me too. Yeah, pure, pure, pure offline. Yep. Play single player games. <laughs> Don't talk to any of my friends or any strangers on the internet. Yep. But uh, yeah, when it comes to sort of the PlayStation 4's UI at the moment, I like how kind of sparse it is. Right. I like how minimal it is in comparison to sort of the Xbox Ones, which mm-hmm. I, until recently was very, very cluttered. But I do, I will concede that I think the industry is going down a more social route and mm. that embracing these kind of features might be, I don't know, perfect for a lot of people who like to play with their friends. Mm-hmm. The idea of sort of, right now, if I want to jump in a game that my friends are playing from the home screen, I have to jump in, I have to wait till it loads up, I have to see if the game is available. Right. But by the sounds of Mark Cerny's interview here, it sounds like all that information will be available to you on I'll the I'll read you a little, little quick which quote. Which is cool. Um, he just says that, um, yeah, because they talk about like data readouts, constant feeds of information, and he said that multiplayer game servers will provide the console with sets of joinable activities in real time. Uh, single player games would provide uh, you with certain rewards and what you might receive for completing them um, and all of the choices will be visible in the UI as a player you just jump into whatever you like yeah I mean if it's seamless as that and mm. it's not too garish or intrusive then fine because I'm I'm, I'm with you and I'm not with you because like, I definitely think if I'm if I'm going into a single player mode or I'm going into isolation please leave me the hell alone yep. mode I don't want to <laughs> know what everyone's getting I don't care what trophy you just locked I don't, yep. <laughs> I don't care what you do someone care. just beat your time exactly it's like, I don't care like the full on Tommy Lee Jones I don't care <laughs> I just don't care but if if it's a case of making joining your friends more easy, for ex- example, I mean, I've played so many goddamn games where I've tried to join a friend <laughs> session as that's yep. going on, and then right. it's saying, You're now in a queue. It's like, But the thing told me that it was available. You're in a queue now. Yep. It's like, that's really, really annoying. Mm-hmm. I think if they introduce, if they make the information relay between the game and the actual PSN um, more accurate, that'll kind of alleviate a lot mm. of the frustration it can be trying to get a game because mm-hmm. I don't know why I felt as though this generation it's been difficult playing with friends because if you especially in the yeah. EA games like Battlefront 2 and, and, and Battlefield to a degree trying to join friends can be a bit of a struggle sometimes right. so I'm glad that they're making it so that the PS the PlayStation has more accurate information to deal wonder, with those requests yeah I wonder what sort of like what that information would be in terms because like so many times like I'm playing back through a chunk of Modern Warfare and prepping for the reboot and like so many times you go to join a game and it puts you in something where you're already 20 20 points down or you're trying to sort of like you know you yeah. join something in progress and I, if we can alleviate that all together like I would just I'd rather just know what the overall matchmaking feature where it's just don't put me in a game in yeah, progress yeah, yeah. yeah. let me tick that box I will yeah. do it in everything uh, please, Scott. I think, <laughs> I think this is kind of essentially a feature for Ben Roy so he can mm. keep track of all of our games and what we're playing. <laughs> the overseer. Bless I the man. For me, this kind of links into uh, the PlayStation Assistant, with which Mark Cerny He dodged that. He was like, we're we not talking about all. patterns. But the idea of sort of like the game and the console itself um, taking all this information mm. of the types of titles you're playing, the types of people you're playing with, the types of matches that you're interested in, and giving you the relevant information, it all kind of points to the future that we're heading in and I do like the idea of a PlayStation Assistant I must admit I've gone on about it in every so single video recently you want to fall in love with I want to fall in love <laughs> listen right I've, I've tried Brown. Alexa isn't for me the Google Assistant <laughs> is too robotic Cortana's Maybe too nostalgic Cortana's too nostalgic <laughs> too move many on. ties to a different game series mm-hmm. I just need a fresh a fresh slate where I can fall in love with my PlayStation Assistant to quickly um, outline what the PlayStation Assistant is a patent has uh, came out leaked whatever got filed by Sony as to a um, like, yeah, control sort of assistant that would scan basically be aware of the game that you're playing and where you are maybe stuck and you would call out into the heavens and say oh dear lord save me and then it would sort of and go well we know you, that you're on level 5-2 of whatever this is what you're supposed to do here's the YouTube clip don't worry about it this is what you're supposed to do um, and assumedly it's very 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 similar I to what Google Stadia is doing I want my PlayStation assistant to yell at me whenever I do that it's like <laughs> here you are you pathetic worm <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones can't get in. past this <laughs> come on boy hey there's no kink shaming here you can do whatever <laughs> you want to do but um, I guess that's the thing though like it seems like 
like for me, it reads like what they're um, experimenting with in terms of what Google Stadia are going for. Because Google had this whole thing as part of their presentation that um, Google Stadia is very much aware of like the game state itself. It somehow reads the game, and it's not just a data stream. It reads it in some way that it knows what what you're playing, kind of thing. Um, and if you get stuck, then you hit the button. You can ask for help, and it matches that with all the algorithmic stuff that YouTube already has to say like, well, it's this level. This is what you need to do. Um, and I think the reason that Sony sort of dodged it is because I don't know if they know that that's what they want to do yet. Yeah. Um, the patent's obviously been filed, but I I would I think they'll see how Stadia goes, um, and if people actually want a feature yeah. that's that sort of I'm potentially. I'm presuming this will mean that the whole application suspended closing application thing will be getting a little bit of a revamp as well because mm. it can be quite annoying. Say if I uh, it was it's uh, there, a funny thing happens to me in Red Dead Redemption the other day when I hit my head I hit my noggin on the on the on the the bridge in very the game, funny, not in real very, life. Very funny. I had to record the clip and then I had to go into the capture gallery and then obviously edit it down. But then when I edited it down, it took me out of the session because it's mm. like, hey, you little rapscallion, you've suspended this application. Get <laughs> get the hell out of here. Uh-huh. And that's quite annoying. So I would like it if you're if you're using stuff like the capture gallery mm. or trying to use a, another app in conjunction with something that you're playing. Um, if that didn't mean suspending different applications. There's also, yeah. um, just in terms of the recording software, there's, it's always meant to be that there's, on the PS4, it's always recording the last like, I think half 15 hour. Minutes. 15 minutes. Yeah. 15 minutes um, of what you were doing. And if you hold the button to sort of bank that 15 minutes, then it's meant to keep recording from when you banked it, keep going forward. Because if something else awesome happens, then you should be able to hit the button and get it back again. Mm. Um, but I've just had things in the past, different sort of mess ups where it's overwritten yeah. the old file. It, it, oh, really? I've had things yeah. where it's like, if, if you've hit it and then it doesn't do it and you're like, it's, it's frozen or whatever, like crap so then you press circle to back out and then you hit share again it's recorded it loses the, it loses the last 15 yeah. minutes and it yeah. goes to the last 30 seconds yep. and it's like what yeah I've had that I think because it always overrides it yeah. now you mention it from, I've just realised that I've been cheating the system for my entire You've life been so doing far the double tap. because <laughs> I, I, I tap it to hold down to save the <laughs> video or whatever and then when it comes to like share video file I always click that and then back out and that banks it for sure right, right, which right. is mm. obviously not how it's supposed to work I was looking at you guys there like mine always what works properly and then I realize I've been using an elaborate workaround my well, that, entire, I guess that works I mean life. when I record footage for if we do like a game review or something I'll, I don't do the upload thing I just hit the button and help press square and just bank the last 15 minutes as is and I'll edit it later um, but the way that they sort of have that like the assumption that you can just upload something faster the thing that you try to do with your mm-hmm. clip um, that should work way smoother than yeah. it does and has potential for it to go backwards um, it's weird with this because at the start of the generation one of the biggest new things was like oh we're going to have this dedicated button for social sharing and mm. we're going to you know bring in um, you can stream straight from your console and you can use Buy Facebook. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then now they've sort of lost the Facebook integration. Um, but it's weird. I thought that at the time in back in 2012, 2013, I didn't think that was a big enough step up. Um, and they've talked a little bit, not in this interview, but they've talked a little bit about the PS5 being more streamer friendly and getting you online and whatever. But where do you think like that stuff belongs in a console experience? Like, are you expecting those features? I mean... Not me personally, mm. but that's such a big part of the gaming landscape now that I think mm-hmm. they've got to accommodate that. It's mm-hmm. such a big sort of space. People don't only love to stream, they love to watch streams as well. And I think if you if you're not accommodating for that, you're just kind of shooting yourself in the mm. foot in a way. Mm-hmm. I occasionally did a, an occasional stream when I was playing Overwatch or Batman Arkham. Like it was never a case of, I don't have an established base on Twitch. I don't mm-hmm. use it for any serious thing. It was just occasionally like, maybe this will be Why fun not? to share with people, yeah. with the world. Um, so if they can make it more casual, then, then maybe. I think the people who are more, you know, sustained to, to 
doing Twitch as an mm. actual profession will have their own thing yeah, full rigs and, and setups. Yeah. Whereas if you just want to yeah. actually just be like, okay, I'm uh, the new Batman games come out. I'm really excited to share this with you all. Come watch me mm. play the game or whatever. I think that's like a sweet idea, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, I'm totally with you on mm. that, actually, you. And I think mm. it's it's a great sort of accessible first step to kind of help anyone who might be interested mm-hmm. in making those mm-hmm. sorts of experiences or sharing those sorts of experiences. I remember when um, when the share feature was first announced for PlayStation 4, I thought that was so cool because I had always wanted to do that with the Xbox 360, mm. not even to like go on YouTube or whatever, just to sort of have it mm. and like edit it together. And I never could because I could never afford like capture cards or whatever. Mm. But then I remember making my first ever YouTube video <laughs> from um, <laughs> clips that I recorded from Destiny 1. And nice. it was crap and terrible but the idea that I had those tools at my disposal and then I just tried it because mm-hmm. it was yeah. there I think that's quite well, I, I think it's, good it's, it's, I think it's awesome for what it is yeah 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 I just it was my whole thing was just that I didn't feel like it was the necessary step up for console hardware mm-hmm. whereas yeah. I, like the stuff that they're leading with with this makes sense in terms of applying to all games and applying to um, you know like all developers and how they think of new ideas um, I actually love the way that the Switch does this stuff where you just hit the button um, the Switch is way less t- it doesn't do it 15 minutes it's something like you hit the button then it captures the last like 10 seconds seconds or something you can do that whenever you want um you can also turn it straight into a gif and upload that um oh, which like i think is nice. really really handy yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of just streamlining the That'd process that'd be handy because at the moment it's, it's pictures and videos mm. gifs would be a great thing to share totally yeah. if you want to do that i can't think of anything else off the top of my head but i think that would be a great thing to to have i mean like, if it, it ties in with the uh, the ui overhaul thing like if i boot my ps5 up like immediately and, and like some new games out and i see one of you guys just streaming like right there on the ui and i can mm. just tap it yeah. and blow it up and keep going um then that stuff kind of works um especially compared to what the Google Stadia is going for in terms of everything being streamable and whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you this right now, Scott. There have Go been on. so many times something has happened to me in a game. When it's, <laughs> I, I recall it was Sekiro when we were both playing that uh-huh. and I, I got the clip and I wanted to share it immediately to you but I thought, <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to jump through all these hoops mm. to cut it down Aww. and then put it on Twitter then send it to Scott I privately. I just wanted to send it straight to you and I couldn't do it. So if the PlayStation uh, 5 allows mm. me to do that, office-wide, that would be Actually, awesome. yeah, to office application or just being able to... I, the thing is, if I want to share a bunch of screenshots online, I have to put them through Facebook or Twitter, only Twitter now. And they uh, um, and they, de- they degrade the quality. Yeah. Yes, the way, and anyway. it's like the only other way around that is to get a USB stick, put it in, copy them across, bring the USB stick in, whatever. Like, they're obviously 1% problems or whatever, mm. but if you have, the ac- you, know, you have the ability to just take awesome screenshots and videos, then let me put them on some server or put them mm. somewhere else. Let me email them to myself. PlayStation could totally do their own photo-sharing service yeah, for yeah. their own games. That makes perfect sense. If they want to lean into the social applications of the console, they should just make a, a photo, like, you know, a screenshot photo mode bank or whatever, yeah. where people should, and then they can do things, they can run, like, prizes, like, the best photo mode uh, pictures we've seen this week or whatever See, like, and stuff they, like that. They do that on the, well, some of the developers mm. do that. Where, like, the, uh, Insomniac did it all the time for Spider-Man. Yeah, as yeah, well, and, like, yeah. Naughty Dog have just done it for The Last of Us, but it's like, yeah, like, encourage that stuff more. Give us an ability, a way to get those, like, awesome screenshots up and out there and, like, make the medium more visual or whatever. Like, the, anything that celebrates the craft of video games, I'm all for. Um, but yeah, so that's the sort of like all the stuff that came out of the uh, the wired write up as of whatever date it is right now. I don't know. This I don't fourth, know. fifth, you and sixth, seventh, eighth. I think it's the eighth. I'm not checking my phone. I'm gonna go I'm with it's it's the eighth of October. Yeah, 2019. Josh, Josh is correct. Yes. It's fine. He's correct. Good. Right. So yeah, that's the the latest stuff. We'll probably not know that much until next year, but we'll see. There's still meant to be the PlayStation Experience that's coming uh, next month, I believe. I December? don't think it's happening this year, actually. Oh yeah. I th- I thought they said it wasn't going down. Good. Uh, VGAs. Who knows the VGAs? <laughs> maybe. 
We will see. I just sort of wrote down a variety of things to sort of end this on, saying that maybe we'll see more for the rest of this year. Maybe I'll be Maybe you never know. But either way, this is the, the latest up to up to date information on the PS5. And for now, this has been the World Culture Gaming Podcast, and I've been your host, Scott Telford, joined by Josh Brown. Goodbye, and you in person. Bye. I'll catch you next time. See ya. Bye. 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 Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.